What's up, everybody? Today is September 3rd for me, September 5th for you. I don't care if you care that I tell you that, but there's something enjoyable about the idea that I tell you specifics. Do you guys want to know specifics? Um, I put out there to people, hey, tell me some stuff. What do you want to talk about? Some people put some dark stuff. Um, I can't believe September has always been one of my favorite months. Everyone, think about it. Ask yourself, what is it that you love about certain months? You know, I used to love January. I used to love having a new year. I, January one, back when I used to bartend and wait tables, would be the day I'm like, all right, this is gonna be the day I do my taxes because, like, I you know, I didn't have anything to write off. It wasn't like now where it's like I have no idea when. Can, can we do them in March? Because I have like stand-up podcasts, uh, acting. My wife is always like, what, "What is going on with our taxes, Jay? What is going on with our taxes?" And of course, I'm always gonna fuck it up because I'm not bright. I am not a bright human being. Anything financial, anything technology, anything like that cripples my brain to have to think about. If I have to call the cable company to come out, n- no, that's not going to. Do you know how long it took me to get the cable company to come? And we had like a phone cord plugged into like the side of our bedroom, but the cable cord came up over here and that was where the internet was, but you needed the phone cord. I don't know why. I don't know why. So we just had it running across our bedroom. For the when the first time we finally moved the the internet into our room from the middles because we were gonna have the Apple TV in our room right, and we needed that cord so we get that cord and I was like you know what I'll do I'll call the cable company uh, next week and have them come out and figure this whole thing out. Yeah, guess how long it took? Guess how long it took? You're not gonna guess. You're not gonna guess. You're sitting there going I know, Jake. No, you don't. Four years. Four fucking years. So dumb. And guess what? When they did, they're like, oh, you don't need this cord. You don't need this cord, dude. You dummy, Jay. Anyway. Uh, welcome back, guys. The through line. We're in September. I'll talk about it because I love the month. It's one of my favorite months. Um, this weekend, tonight, Friday, Saturday, Sunnyvale, Rooster Tea Feathers, if you're close, just come. San Jose, San Francisco, Sacramento. Just make the trek. It'll be fun. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of great jokes. I'm excited to be there. Um, that's going on. In uh, November, I'll be in Boston at Laugh Boston. I believe the 14th, 15th, 16th. The week before, I'll be in Hartford at the Funny Bone, 7th, 8th, 9th. December something, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, something like that. In Burlington, Vermont. I'm doing all of New England. I'm on a New England tour. I don't know why I live in California. I could just live there. And then New Year's Eve, rock on Portland, Oregon. And September 20th in Huntington Beach at the Rec Room. Come to that show. That's going to be fun. I'm going to record it because I like making these videos. Are you guys, do you guys like like the videos I put up? <sighs> Today was the... Um, jlarsoncomedy.com, jlarsoncomedy on Instagram, all that stuff. Again, I'm just going to say it one time. 
tell somebody about the podcast today. Say, hey, you should check this out. It's fun. Email it. Put it up on your Facebook page. Just do something. Just get involved, would you? God damn it. If you don't have kids, you don't know what getting involved is really about. You got to get involved with your kids because, man, today was the third week of my son's kindergarten, and uh, he's still not stoked. I posted, Rogan posted a repost today from this UFC guy, I think, um, about like, hey, when you're in school, this is like to older kids, you see someone who doesn't look happy, say hi, smile at them, take a little step. And it was just like, I mean, God damn it. I don't know what your stance is. I don't care if you're in MMA. I'm not. I've never watched an MMA or UFC fight. It's just not my thing. Do I respect anybody who puts effort into a physical activity or an art form or music, anything? Anyone who's putting their life, time and energy into working at something, I respect and I appreciate. I just was, it was never my thing. Like when we were kids, I had friends that were into boxing and like there'd be nights that where everyone's going to watch a boxing match and I'd be the kid who, I would always go because I was very popular. But I never was like into it, you know? And uh, I'm going to sweat today, guys. That's just going to be how it goes. I don't give fucks. And uh, anyway, just to see Rogan is just like this super alpha dude who's into MMA and he's into martial arts. But yet at the same time, he's into science and he's into questioning things and he cooks and he does all these things. And then for him to say, you know, especially with all this pushback in the, you know, about how everyone's too PC. Every comedian I see right now is like, the world's too PC. Find another way to say it. Find another way to do it. Build it into a joke. Make it craft it somehow instead of like, it's too PC. You know what I say? Fuck you. That's, uh, I'm seeing that joke a lot. And I'm just like, oh God, find a creative way to say it. Because I get it. We've, We've toned everything down so much. But that post that Rogan put up, Saying like, hey, smile, blah, 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 blah. That's the whole anti-bullying. That's the whole thing that everyone's like, we need bullies. We need somebody to tell us to go fuck her. No, we don't. <laughs> I keep thinking like how am I, I said this last week. How am I going to help my son and my daughter develop a chip? Like what's going to be the thing that drives them? How are we going to do it? Like I had a chip. How are other people driven? By love, uh, through passion, through something that they care about? I don't know. You know, because I think when you have kids, you start out, you start out looking at your kids like they could be famous, dude. <laughs> this kid could be, you know. You look at your son or your daughter, and you're like, oh, they could be huge. It, that's what, like, maybe it's just like something that I had in my head. Like, I honestly think I could play professional baseball until I was like a junior in high school. I wasn't even starting on the varsity team. Like, I could fucking go pro, dude. I'll never forget my uncle one time. I played college baseball on a on a bad, a terrible Division II team. Very bad. Me making the team is no, uh, isn't to say that I was really good. It was just that they were really bad. Did I hit some home runs? Yeah. Did I make some cool plays in the outfield? Sure. Did I strike out a ton? Yes. Did I make some, excuse me, horrible plays in the outfield? Yes, I did. So... Whatever. Um, but, like, I still thought, like, sophomore, I'm like, I think I could go pro. And then, you know, look at the business I'm in now. I don't know. So, like, I look at my kids and I'm like, 
are they ever going to find something that they love so much that it's going to become their life? Like, what if we don't know? Like, what if I'm raising a janitor right now? Or what if I'm raising um, a carpenter, a school teacher, a chef, uh, someone who works in pharmaceutical sales, someone who works in uh, municipal bonds, um, a nurse? Uh, you know, you have no idea what you're raising or what they're going to be. And all you really want is them to be happy. That's all you care about. It's like, I just want them to be happy and feel happy and feel okay, you know? So to see my son and drop him off not happy and crying, you're just like, is it me? Is it the teacher? What can I do? Do I just have to leave him? Do I think a bully is going to help him get stronger? No, because guess what? I'm not telling my kid, you got to be strong. Hey, stop being a pussy. That's not what I'm telling him. Do I tell him that he can make a choice if he wants to have a good time? Yeah. Do I tell him that he can get control of those tears and he can be the one in control? Yeah. Can I force him to do that? No. Maybe I can. I take that back. And I know some dudes that do. I've seen friends that are dads tell their kids straight up, stop crying. You stop crying. Like yell at the kid. And my wife and I, I think it was like something that she read or like she just prescribed to that I just took on. She was like... The minute you tell them to stop crying is the minute you're not acknowledging that they're upset about something. And if I want, or we want our kids to understand their feelings so they know what and why they're feeling something, we have to acknowledge and be like, hey, I see that you're upset, bud, but let's figure this out or blah, blah, blah. The second we yell, stop crying in us, to us as parents, I'm not saying what we're doing is right because I have no idea if anything I do is right. But I said to my wife, like... We want them to have feelings. I want my son to be emotional. So what if he cries in kindergarten? Do you think I give a shit? I see other parents. I've seen parents say, like, you want me to embarrass you in front of your friends? Do you want me to embarrass you in front of your friends? And I sit there and I see that. I'm like, I would never do anything to embarrass my fr- kid in front of his friends because now I'm so, I want to be the person he trusts in the world to not do that. But again, who knows? I just said to my wife, I'm like, listen, we're not raising a kid for tomorrow. We're raising a kid for the rest of his life. You know, so let's prepare him for the rest of his life. And if it means he cries all the way through fifth grade and then in sixth on, he becomes a compassionate kid and understands his feelings and is able to communicate and can see empathy and can see other people in need, then that's what we want. I don't want some kid who's like completely shut down from his emotions and shut down from his feelings and has been told to like, you can't cry, bitch. That is not what I want for my kid. Now, I'm a guy who didn't have a dad around. So I probably was constantly being the guy who was like, well, I figured the fuck out on my own. I was lucky. I remember in fifth grade, my grandfather died and it was like the first day we didn't get to go to his funeral because my dad requested that my mom not go. And then we were all like, well, if you don't go, we don't go. And I, I don't know when it was I was going back to school. But I was going back to school. And I remember being in fifth grade. And I remember getting to school. Like everyone gets to like, you know, before school out on the playground. And I started crying when I saw my friends. And I ran down to the baseball field. And they all fucking ran with me. All of them, dude. They all ran with me and they all like stood around me while I cried and kept their hands on my goddamn shoulders and back. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you know how bad I'm friends with all those kids to this day? Like, 
We text. We're in a fantasy league. Now, have we changed? Yeah. Are we different people? 100%. Do I have interest that they don't? Yes. Something I love, though, is we can always just talk about Stoneham, you know what I mean? And people in Stoneham. And that's sometimes that's enough, you know? Sometimes you'll grow out of it. You grow away from it. I don't know. I don't know. But I do have one friend in that group that I... I reach out to for parenting advice a lot because I, I really respect like how he approaches things. Now, does he always not give me good advice? No. A lot of times, like when I asked about my son, he's like, he'll get over it. And I'm like, I don't want, I know he'll get over it. I know he'll get through it. I know he'll be strong enough. It's not what I want. I want to know like, hey, do any solutions maybe or ways to support him? You know, I guess that's ultimately what I'm trying to do is support him. So I see him at school and... He's not old enough where kids are going to come up and, like, involve him. They're trying to keep their heads above water. Like, that's why I said to my wife. I'm like, he's got friends that are in that class, but they're not going out of their way to make sure he's okay. They're making sure that they're okay because even if they're not the kids that are wearing it on their sleeve like my son does, he wears it on his sleeve. They might be scared, but they're not showing it, and they're trying to keep their head above water. And for them, they maybe don't want to be around a kid who's crying. Um, anyway, I love that post and I love that Rogan put that out there because I just remember in fifth grade, I could have got pushed around for crying, uh, you know, that could happen in first. Hold on. People always stop at my table like they're going to take my shit. And then I got to go, hey, don't take my stuff. Yeah, they kept going. Uh, they're like, mm, nothing good here. God, it's just watching like and i i am like my wife will walk him into the classroom and make sure he's okay and i'm just like nah i just got to get him used to walking on his own which again i don't know if it's good or bad but i was like all right bud and i i grabbed him i go listen i i always tell him this thing i go i'm inside your chest right there where your heart is i'm there your mom's there your sister's there all everyone in your family's there anytime you need us you've reached down in there and you grab us and I was like, I'm in there. I'm like, everybody loves you. Everyone's going to be lucky to be around you. The thing I've been experiencing, so then I just said, go. And he's crying. He's looking back at me. I'm like, I love you. I'll see you later. You're the best. And I just go. And it hurts, man. And just like, I can hear the school bells from our school. I mean, from our house. So when I hear the school bells, I'm like, oh, I hope he's doing okay. You know, I hope he's all right. And I know he gets upset at the end of class. And I'm, I hope his teacher involves him and you're just like, well, what are you going to do? You know, and here's the deal with this teacher. The other day, there was a moment she could have involved him. There was a moment she could have taken four seconds. So just like this post that Rogan put up there, that that dude put up, that Rory then put up, that I put up, that Kreischer put up, that all these guys that you might look at and be like, yeah, they're tough, cool guys. They're all looking out for everybody. We all need to look out for everybody. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, shit gonna lose the idea oh so i was in there the other day and the kid there was this moment where he talked about how he liked this projector and she she goes oh yeah we'll see and i want to be like bitch you could have knelt down on your knee looked him in the eyes and be like i, I love that you love the projectors maybe today you could help me with the projector and he'd be like yeah okay and she'd be like great she could have give empowered him but you know what i realized a teacher she just wants kids that aren't crying my kid to her is more work why is he crying I don't want the kid crying. It's too much work if he's crying. But yet, so she might be looking at these other kids like, oh, they're doing better because they're not crying. Are they doing better in the long term if they're pushing all their feelings down, they're having no emotions, then they grow up and they decide, fuck, man, I would have been really cool to be cool with my folks and I could tell them I was gay. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, but that's where I'm going with it. 
Anyway, it's been really tough. If you're out there and you have kids, I know. Don't tell me. You're going to get through it. It'll be fine. I know. It's just like watching it. You're like, God damn it. I know how great this kid is. And then you're just like, yeah, a lot of his friends are like, dive into sports, want to do sports. And then the parents of those kids are like, let's go and tell them they're winning. And you're like, why does it, why does it matter if they're winning? And then at the same time, you're like, oh, I guess that builds competitiveness. Do you want your kids to be competitive? And I'm just like, I don't know. I was, no one made me be competitive. I just wanted to be competitive. So maybe their kids just want to be competitive. All I'm saying is it is not fucking easy. Not easy to have children. If I could do it all over again, I wouldn't have them. <clears throat> Because I see people who don't have them, and I'm like, their life is just, oh, here's the deal. If you think you're going to have kids someday, just think about it. Because I was at a barbecue yesterday. Did everyone have a good Labor Day? We had a really good Labor Day. By the way, I had the worst fantasy football draft of all time. Oh, yeah. And guess what? None of them are listening to this. They're not listening. But it was a bad fantasy football draft. And this is why. If you're throwing a fantasy football draft, which if you're doing fantasy football, it's already been done. I know. But get, give some spice to it. Here's the deal. we Everything we did was analog. Nothing was on computer. So you had to like remember, oh, wait, what's my pick? Who, who already got picked? You have to look at the board. I'm like, what are we doing? What year is this? This is my first year back in the league, by the way. So there's 12 guys that have been there. And here I am just chirping in everyone's ear. Quiet, no music, quiet, no one's joking around, food's in the other room, not even unpacked. I brought a cheese board over. You know what I mean? I got the cheese, the salami, some prosciutto. I got it laid out. The bagels are in a bag. The, the cream cheese was in the bag with the bag. I'm like, put the cream cheese out. Put the fucking cream. Here's the deal. You're going to throw a draft. Do it right. Don't just tell people to bring stuff. Then if you're going to be organized, then set it up. Now I'm putting the bagels out with the cream cheese. No one knows what's going on. There's no music going. They get a cooler in the corner. I'm not drinking. I see Pacificos in the sun. Put them in the cooler. Well, there's other beers. And then put them in the fridge. What are you doing? Dudes, man. Dudes. Least effort possible. That's it. That's all they're doing. Least effort possible. I'm sitting there the whole draft. I couldn't believe. We got a man in the draft, my buddy's dad, who's 74 years old. You're going to tell me he's got to research, then get a manual, a paper and pen list of who he's going to pick, then watch the board to see who's available. You do it online. They're like, but we like doing the board, Jay. I'm like, you can still do the board, dummies. Draft on the site. Everyone does it. And then you still go up and put your thing up. But everyone can at least look at the site and be like, oh, that person's gone because they're no longer available to draft. I don't have to look up there like, all right, what colors are running? Oi. And you guys know, I hate technology. But listen, there are some things that you're like, it's right there. At the end of the draft, my buddy who runs the draft, he had to watch, look at the board, go online, and manually put in every single person's name. I'll get back to it. But either way, I'm really looking forward to fantasy. Uh, it is a new season. We got a sponsor this week helping us keep the lights on. We're excited to have him. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. ODB is in Cleveland. And some other trades just happened. That's the other great thing about, I mean, football. Here's the deal. Every game counts. I love baseball. I'm a baseball freak. But this is 162 games. If you lose eight games in a row, no one cares. If you lose three games in a row in the NFL, your season's over. 
One thing that hasn't changed, and that's where I'm putting my money down in all the games. My bookie sponsor this week is the place to bet on football every weekend. If you're not doing fancy football, it's fun. Throw a couple bucks on a game. Gives you something to, you know, look for like what is the sure thing and go do it. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least a hundred grand. God, I'd love to have a hundred K. And it only costs a hundred dollars to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Don't tell my wife, but I will be doing this. Uh, I would only, I gambled in the past. I've talked about it. This is a dope service. You know what I mean? If you're going to do anything, get a good service. Get something that's easy to do, that's fun, and they have great pays. My bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It's not like you're betting with your buddy. Get that, that, those days are over, okay? This is you can just do it on your computer. Like I said, my bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for your fantasy guys and gals, I know you're out there, you can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So if you're like, well, I like fantasy, but you know, you can start betting on your guys. So up to a thousand dollars first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. I'm guessing that you put down a thousand dollars in your account, they're gonna match it. Use promo code ThruLine, T-H-R-U-L-I-N-E, to activate the offer. ThruLine, you know, you can't put in more than $1,000 for that first deposit, but if you put in 100 bucks, now it's 200 So you're already up 100 bucks. you know. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code ThruLine, T-H-R-U-L-I-N-E, when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid! I love gambling. I love it. I can't even tell you how much I love it. I just love it. Anyway, we're at that draft, you know, and everyone's just sitting there. No one's chatting. I'm jabbing at everybody. I'm jab Two dudes I've never met. I'm jabbing at them. And I just kept like, I couldn't believe how antiquated this drafting system was. Like the first guys who ever did like rotisserie baseball was like 38 years ago in a hotel room. And they were like, who is it? That's when you had all day because you also didn't have technology making everything go faster anyway. So here we are. And I just kept going. I looked at my buddy because it was in Encino, like towns away from me. And I was like, hey, man, is there a blockbuster nearby? I got some tapes I got to drop off after this. And I just kept making references to old shit because I just couldn't believe this is really how we were doing it. And they didn't tell me till I got there. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Why are we not just going on ESPN? They have a draft room. You go into a draft room. We're all there. It, and then you'd have a time limit. There was no time limit. 12 guys. You make a pick. That means like 23 picks have to happen before you pick again or something ridiculous like that. And I was like, all right, so what is going on here? I, I, I would literally go in the other room because some of these guys have no idea what they're doing. Everyone needs to be on a clock. Ugh. It was just, I mean, I got to tell you, there's a right way to do a draft and a wrong way. When I heard that they'd be like, oh, yeah, everyone brings food. We set it up. We get going. I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. It's a great house. So our buddy has a great house. And then afterwards, we swam in a pool and we had a barbecue. That was great. The draft, not great. If everyone's going, get, get if you're setting it up, be the guy early. I didn't. If you if you need someone to set up, let me know. I would have been there early. I would have set the whole thing up. Have an order. Have people hanging out. Social. One guy. This draft will be at eleven. I was there at ten forty. I was there at ten forty with a meat and cheese plate already done. 
I didn't bring the meat and cheese and be like, you figure it out. No, I brought the meat and cheese plate done. Cheese. I had a nice, I had a nice sharp cheddar. Okay, I had a nice sharp cheddar. I individually cut them so I don't have to put a knife on, guys. I don't have to cut it. You grab it, you go. I know the scenario. I know the situation. We're drafting. Then I went salami. Then I went Havati. Then I went prosciutto. Then I went more mild cheddar. For the barbecue, I brought chocolate chip cookies. I brought other cookies. I brought macaroni salad. Oh, man, do I love some macaroni salad. And I bought, brought a bottle of white wine. Am I drinking? No. Did I still bring a bottle of white wine? Yeah, because my wife was going to be there later. If she wanted something, I wanted to make sure she had some wine. Okay? All I'm saying is the, our friend, his kitchen, he's got an island that I'm not, I am not exaggerating. Listen to me. Not exaggerating. The island is probably 14 feet long and five feet wide. It's huge. It could have gone cheese plate, bagels. One guy brought um, a seven-layer dip, which I got to be honest with you. I've talked about this before. If you're bringing a seven-layer dip to a party, step up your... The the whole thing was this thick. Seven layers. There might have been... I, black olives, I think, are, are the worst thing you could ever put on a seven-layer dip. They're terrible. And this one barely had black olives on it. I was like, dude, what did you do? You made this with what was left in the kitchen? He's like, oh, my wife made it. I'm like, it's it's terrible. Every The whole thing should be that thick. That should be how thick. Inch and a half. Inch and three quarters. That's about an inch and three. Maybe that's two inches. I'll give you an inch and three quarters. But beans, sour cream, salsa, uh, tomatoes, or no, salsa, beans, tomatoes, sour cream, cheese, guac. That's it. Dude, you want to dice it up and throw some bacon on there? Go for it. Black olives, get out of my face. You want to go pepperoncinis? Kick it up? Sure. Black olives, shut up. There's nothing good about them. Anyway, this dip was this thick. The whole thing was this thick. And I go, uh, I, you know me. I went out there. I was like the first one to take a bite. Maybe the second. I go and I go, yo, who made that seven-layer dip? This guy goes, oh, my wife did. And I was like, bro, talk to your girl because that is no bueno. And again, it had a top on it. wasn't even out. Put it out. Put a bowl next to it with the chips. Let's have it set up. I think if anything I'm talking about here is... The time it takes you to pop that top, grab a bowl, put the chips on it, put it next to it, is under 30 seconds. The time it takes the teacher to kneel down, look at my son, and be like, hey, I know that you like projectors. I'd love it if you'd help me today. Takes five seconds. Walking through the hall of your school and you see a kid who's upset pop over and be like, hey, how's it going, man? I'm, I'm Jay. What's your name? And he's like, Eric. Hey, Eric. What, what class are you in? Oh, cool, man. I hope I see you around. Ten seconds, fuckhead. That's it. That's all it takes. When you're out in line at the at the bank, person behind you, hey, what are you making? Deposit? What are you you taking out? What's your deal? You doing a transfer? It's just conversation. It's it's what we're lacking in this world. It's I talk to everybody. I talk to everybody. I always have. We're divided in so many senses in this country, not just uh, not just because of politics, but we're just divided. You know, people are like, I don't like to talk. If they do, you're weird. Yeah, do I? I'd say 19 out of 20 people I talk to love that I'm talking to them. One out of 20 is like, nope, dude, 
I'm not doing it. And I'm like, well, whatever, bro. You can't hold me down. I'm going to talk to everyone. And if you don't like it, I'm going to talk to you even more. I'm going to talk. There was a dude. There was a dude at this party that we were at. And I, this is what I don't get. If you are friends with people at the party, and I'm at that party, that means I'm friends with them too. That means by association, at least for this party, we are friends. Do you get it? So if I talk to you, come back with the same energy, bro. There was a dude at this party. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, this your little guy? He's like, yeah. Cool, man. What's your name? Tells me. All right. You know that those people that like... Hey, I made the first step, dude. We're all here at the same party. So now you can jump in. I'm doing it. You're not going to do it. So now, did I try to talk to the guy again in the pool? I sure did. Was he a bit of a dick in the pool? Yeah. Are some people just dicks and he thinks it's normal? Sure. But did I see him talk to the host of the party in a different light? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Should he? No, he fucking shouldn't. Would I? I don't know. I'm not sure. I usually go with everybody pretty much the same speed. Okay, the guy with the seven layer dip, I'd never met him before. Did I tell him his wife's seven layer dip was terrible? I sure did. And was it? Yes. And then we had another buddy who brought nachos. Why did you make the nachos at one o'clock, Andrew? The whole thing started at 11. Be there at 1045. Pop them in the oven. Have them out. Let's have a social. Guy showing up at 1130 for an 11 o'clock draft. What are you doing? Set up a Bloody Mary bar for the guys. Other guys weren't sticking around for the pool party. Set it up ahead of time. Let the family know this is what we're doing. You make exceptions. You're not doing it every month. You do it once a year. You do a fantasy draft. Do it right. Oh, I'm violently sweating. I would take cold over heat any day of the week. Any day of the week. Now, am I recording in a garage? Yeah. Could I afford to have an office space somewhere? Yeah, maybe. 100%, but I'm not wasting the money. It's not a waste. It'd be, I know. Stop telling me what to do. And I know that's not you. I know it's an inner monologue that I can't get out of my head, and I don't give fucks. Um, I don't like to get super deep here. I mean, I like to get deep, but I don't want to get dark. But somebody reached out to me and asked me like what I thought of like law enforcement and like police brutality in a way. Here's the deal. As a kid, I always, always love seeing cops police officers my neighbor was a cop he had a uh he had a german shepherd let me just tell you something i like dogs a lot i love dogs i like cats too i don't i don't have one i know they're a lot of work my neighbors had a german shepherd it lived outside okay they didn't have a farm they had a tiny little house on a tiny little lot i'm gonna say that lot was maybe five thousand square feet i'll look it up and they had this run outside with a with a doghouse. He had a doghouse, insulated, and this German Shepherd would sleep outside. That's where it w- lived. That's kind of badass. And everyone's like, well, my dog needs to be everywhere. Shut up. I have friends. You can't have a conversation with them when their dog's around. They talk. This is another thing. Can we just get this out there? Because I got a good friend who can't stop doing this, and I just don't talk to him anymore. They're a very good friend of mine. I won't even have conversations. If you're a person out there and you're when you're talking, the person is listening and making eye contact. And then the second they start talking, if you're this guy, uh-huh. And you're looking at your dog or your fucking wife maybe said something. Shit, just stop. Okay? <sighs> Listen, 
we're adults. And I get that we all have iPhones and computers and smartphones, okay? But if someone is in a conversation with you and they're listening and they're making eye contact and they're paying attention to what is coming out of your mouth, then when they talk and it's their turn to talk, pay them the same respect of making eye contact and listening to what they're saying, okay? It's pretty simple. My buddy who does that, I don't even have conversations anymore. I say what I need to say and then I'm done. It's over. I don't care that your dog just walked out and did something cute. Okay? I don't care that your wife looks like she's going to pick up a plant right now. If she needs your help, she'll say, can I get some help? Just, all right? It's society. If I'm looking at you and listening, you look at me. This is what I do now with my friends. They talk, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. I start talking. They start drifting off. I go, yeah, whatevs. And then I walk away. Nine out of ten times, they don't even notice that I have. And it used to bother me a ton, and now it (laughs) still bothers me, but at least I deal with it differently. But sometimes they're like, whoa, where are you going? I'm like, grow up. Start listening. It's too much, man. It's too much. This is another thing. Like things, I'm lucky for my kids because I'm not just learning about them, but I'm learning about myself. And like I was hoping that like, you know, because my son's having trouble, some of these other kids, like their parents are like, hey, go do some. They're not. They're afraid that their kid's not settling in the way they want. And they don't want my, their kid being with a kid who's crying because they want their kid to be something. And no one's, I mean, this is hard to say because I don't want to believe it's true. And I don't think it's true for all people, but mostly people aren't looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. They're looking out for their family. They're looking out for the people close to them. It's it's like why people who volunteer are amazing people because they're just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do with my time. They want to help other people. But mostly in the world, people are selfish. And, it, and that's not a negative thing because some people like have to be selfish to get by. To get like super famous, if that's what you want, or super rich, if that's what you want, you got to be selfish. You have to have a I'm going to step on heads mentality, you know, and not everyone has that. <sighs> you know. So when it comes to the police thing, I grew up loving police officers, always. Firemen, police officers, military. I have. So. Someone had asked me a long time ago, show us some stuff. And I showed the Holiday Bakery sign. This was my other, uh, this is the same grandfather. He worked on the atom bomb in Los Alamos. I'm not supposed to show these pictures, but that's the atom bomb. I don't know if you can see it. I'm going to go like that. Boom, boom, boom. That's like one of the first atom bombs ever made. Those are Polaroids that my grandfather took at Los Alamos. He worked under Oppenheimer and uh, was out there for like three months. He was a physics major at Harvard University, came back from that, was like, I think I'm good with uh, doing that, and then became a baker, because that's what his grandfather did, and uh, there's a lot of numbers in baking. Anyway, I always looked at, like, I remember having an army sweatshirt, like, I wanted to go to West Point as a kid, 
Um, I love policemen. I never wanted to be a police officer. I always wanted to be a fireman. I wanted to be a lawyer. I want to be a fireman. And to this day, I'm like, man, I hope someday I end up in a, like a cool little small town that's got a little downtown area. I can have some land and I can become a volunteer fireman. That's like a life I would. I don't think we get enough lives to lead because that would be a fun one to lead. And I don't know if I'll ever do that because my wife and I recently decided that when the kids move out, we're going to move to a like a, a small city where we can live in it and like be able to walk around everywhere, which I was like, can we promise that we'll do that? She's like, yeah, who do you think you married? I'm like, oh, that's the best. Um, anyway, I will say this. I'm white, man. I'm white as fuck, okay? I'm white. And it's really hard like nowadays to like take a stand for things that you're not because people like don't want to hear it you th- you think at least but the way i see black men and women and people treated in this country is it disgusts me it's gross it's disgusting and there's been a ton of police brutality against black men specifically and women in our country to the point that the leading death of black males in our country now is the the number one cause is by being killed by a police officer and I, listen i grew up with all white people if Growing up as a kid, if I saw a black person in my neighborhood, I'd be like, oh, what's this guy doing here? That's what I would think, okay? And I'm not, I, I'm not saying that like I'm racist. I'm saying it because it was, that was the way I was raised. And I'm sure there's a lot of white people out there that raised that way. But just because, or grew up in that environment, I'm not saying I was raised to be like, oh, what are they doing here? I'm saying, seeing it, I'd be like, what are they doing here, okay? And you have to work at... Um, understanding i guess or being accepting you have to work at it it's not just something we all have you have to work at it and i constantly try to work at it if i see somebody that i'm not familiar with racially i'll go up and say hi because i want to find out like i want to like build a connection my son has a lot of friends in his class or kids in his class i hope they're friends that are Mexican and there's a, a, a mom today in line who's a Mexican mom and I don't I don't know her but we have kids you know so I go I go is this your guy right here and we start talking having a conversation and I was like yeah he's having a tough time blah blah, blah. and you know what she gave me amazing advice like a mom not a Mexican mom not a white mom not a black uh, just a mom and it's because I talked to her and had a conversation and I just feel like uh I don't know. I'm not going to get much more into it. But if you if you want to have an interesting follow to see like a lot of stuff that's going on in our country, there's a guy, Sean King. And if you follow him on Instagram, he's posting videos all the time that get taken from police. I just think we're not training police as well as we should in this country. I don't think it's on them. I think it must be very scary on any routine traffic stop to be walking up to a car and you don't know what's inside that car. It's got to be very scary, no matter how well you're trained. There's an element of fear in their job at all times. So I think we need better training to know that we don't need to immediately go to our guns all the time, especially if we're profiling somebody that doesn't fit the description of who we are, okay? Because, like, if you've ever been – most white people have never been in an all-black scenario, okay? But I would say – a lot of black people have been in all white scenarios. I perform stand up all the time at clubs where it's predominantly white audience and there are black comics on stage. How often am I doing a show where I'm the white guy and it's a black audience? Not all the time. And I when I say not all the time, I say very rarely. I have to pursue those shows. 
Sorry, I just thought someone was like, I have to pursue those shows. I have to be like, hey, can I come perform? And they're like, you sure? And you're like, yeah. And I'll be honest, a lot of times when I see people of color or a different race or ethnicity, I get intimidated because I don't know them as a culture or as a uh, race. And, I, and I'm and i like, oh, what, what do I say? Do they, I just assume, well, they don't want to talk to me. Why the fuck don't they? I don't know. Anyway, I, I make more of an effort to do it. So police, I appreciate, and I'm glad we have them. Um, I don't, I'm not a black person in America, but if I was, I'd probably be a lot more hesitant and scared than I am as a white man in America. And that's, that's gotta be true. I, I, I don't know. I don't ask my friends. I could, but I don't. Um, it just seems to me like if you see how often people are getting shot and killed, just Sean King put one picture up there and it was the shooter, the mass shooter from the El Paso shooting getting arrested. And it's him in cuffs and a white cop standing next to him and just holding him, just standing next to him. And then in the other frame, it's a woman who was accused of stealing like a candy bar and there were two cops on her with a knee in her fucking back and other cops around her with their guns drawn. I don't know. Anywho, I still respect the hell out of policemen and fire. Put it this, you know, it's a weird world we're living in. It's a really weird world. Um, anyway, take that for what it's worth. And, uh, I think just the more we can get to talk to people that are different than us, it's just going to make us stronger as a community and understanding, you know, where we can just all communicate and we don't need to know everything about each other, but let's just like talk more and like, you know, (sighs) I could talk all day. Go get an ice cream. When was the last time I eat way too much ice cream? And I never was like a huge ice cream fan. Like when we were kids, we would go to this place called the Dairy Dome. Um, It was an ice cream shop in my town. And our high school biology teacher, Mr. Mayo, I dated his daughter for a little while. uh, Mr. Mayo owned it when we were in high school. And only kids at our high school worked there. That's all it was. And then his family, like his his wife or his sister-in-law. But, like, it was all high school kids, the Dairy Dome. And it was like, you know those old gas stations with the big dome? It was that, painted yellow, and it was soft-serve ice cream. And, oh, vanilla chocolate swirled with a twinkle coat. What's up, players? But when I was, like, young and playing Little League, like 9, 10, 11, when you'd win a game, you'd go to the Dairy Dome for ice cream, and you'd have a limit. Like, coach would be like, all right, dollar fifty limit, you guys, dollar fifty limit. And you have to look, oh, what's fifty? You know what I would get every single time? I get a small bag of sour cream and onion potato chips and a Coke. That's what I would get. Everyone else had ice cream. Everybody. And I was like, nah, man. Chips and Coke, baby. I like the salt and sweet some. What's up, girl? That's how I rolled. But now it's ice cream. I can't. I just can't. When I'm not dieting or treating my body well, I get ice cream like crazy. I might get one today. (laughs) I might get one today. It's afternoon. That's the rule. If it's after 12, we went away this weekend for Labor Day. Did anyone go away? God, there's something about just not being in your surrounding. Like, you can have time off, but be at your house, and you're still kind of like, ah, I'm at my house. But if you can go away, oh, we went away, 
and I smoked like cigars. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to smoke a lot of cigars this weekend. I'm just letting you know. I know I'm going to stop because I've been smoking too much, but it was like everyone else is drinking and smoking and I'm not doing anything. So I want some cigars. And I was, I was having cigars at like seven 30 in the morning and it was great. I don't even know if I like them. It's just like, I wanted something, you know what I mean? I needed some vice and I wanted ice cream. Love getting ice cream. It's like the best. I think there are little things like you should do, you know, like, Go for a walk and get ice cream. Or here's another fun thing to do. If you have a date night, someone's asking me like some cool things that they should do in L.A. And I don't want to just be specific to L.A., but I like to go on a date with my wife and go have an appetizer and a drink at one place and then ride bikes like two miles somewhere else. And split an entree and have a drink. And then ride our bike somewhere else and get like two small plates or dessert, you know? Like go to different places I think is always fun. And you know what else I like? Don't make a reservation. Don't make reservations. It just adds to it. If you get somewhere and they're like, oh, yeah, we're yeah we're full. You're like, all right. And then try somewhere else. Or you grab seats at a bar or a communal table. Or you never know when they're like, oh, yeah, we can get you in. Those are the best times. It's just like, I don't know. Reservations are great when you have a group. But if it's just two of you, and I say this, I like to do things on my own a lot. Like when I go on the road, I like being on my own. Because if I want to just go to a restaurant and not worry about a reservation, I can do that. I don't need to worry. Or if I want to go somewhere, it's great. I can do that. There's a great bookstore. I like old bookstores. I like old bookstores i like how they smell i like that they have old books in them am i reading a lot of books right now no i don't even know where the time is (sighs) could i probably find time yeah you can always find time for stuff you can always find time you know you can i just like old bookstores to go in sometimes just sit in them even like read a magazine like i like going to a bookstore and reading a magazine because i just don't know any books that i want or i like buying a coffee table book or like picking up my friend's book uh, some great friends books right here. Tragedy Plus Time, Adam Caton Holland, very funny comedian. The Drama King, my boy Carl D. Gregorio, very funny comedian and writer. Those are both two great books and the only ones that I've really read in the in recent years. But I bought this book, Cape Cod Modern, about architecture in, in uh, Cape Cod because I love mid-century architecture and I had no idea that Cape Cod was like this hub of mid-century architecture in the late 50s and 60s and they were all like little cottages all these like little cottages mid-century and like just like their their use of space is amazing anyway i bought that book that's probably the last book i bought and it's like a coffee table book but with story in it you know and i got into reading that and uh i bought it for a friend because i liked it so much giving a book is a great idea too um what else do i like to do someone asked me that i like to just walk around you know i used to just drink a lot so I would like go somewhere and like have a day drink. Day drink is like so much fun because you just feel like you're kind of doing something you're not supposed to. Same like a day ice cream. <laughs> An afternoon ice cream is like you're cheating the system. You're like, you're not supposed to have ice cream right now. You're like, I know, but what's anybody going to do about it? No one's going to do anything about it because they can't. You're eating ice cream during the day. Tell me you're on your your lunch hour and you're driving to lunch and you see someone eating an ice cream cone. You're like, What? What are they? What time is it? You're going to question. You're like, is it? Oh, yeah, it's only 12. You know? Because you're not supposed to have ice cream 
during the day. It's like, uh, I don't know, unless it's summertime or you're a kid. I don't know what else you should do. I like museums. Going to a museum is nice. There's something about being quiet that I like. I like being in spaces where you you have to be quiet and it just gives you a chance to like, oh yeah, I just won't talk for a while. Not just that everyone else can't talk, but you can't, you know, because I love to chat. Trust me, I will still chat at a museum. I did this a bit for a while, but I was at a museum and this woman stood next to me and she goes, uh, what do you see? And I was like, you know, I don't know a ton about art. I know I appreciate it. And I know I like it, but I don't know like how to talk about contours or, you know, I know what negative spaces in photography and I'm sure it's the same in painting, but I was like, I don't know. I like the colors. I like, you know, there are good lines to it. I like the lines. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she goes, how does it make you feel? Now this woman didn't even work there. You know what I mean? She wasn't working there. She's just some lady. And I was like, oh man, she's getting deep and I didn't really want to have a conversation and I was just like my favorite thing I don't like shocking people I love telling if you're going to be bold and brash or just in your own element I'll be in my own element sure I'm going to do my own thing too so I just go uh kind of like I felt when my dad left and she goes uh-huh uh-huh and then she walked away I didn't have to say like yo I really don't want to talk to you right now but I just said something that's like yo if you really want to get down how about you try this on and she was like, nah, I don't really want to do And I was like, yeah, I didn't think so. If she did, we probably would have had to go get coffee or something. Like, all right, let's just go to the museum. There's a great museum in Los Angeles called the Getty Museum. And it's way up Getty as in Getty, Getty Oil. I wonder why we have so much money. Because we have oil and everyone needs it. So we create a society that we're oil-based. So we need it. So all the rich people have it. So then we fucking have wars with countries that have it. And make sure that we still have a demand for it and that we can get it. And only the rich people can have it. The Getty people, they took some of their billions and they built this amazing museum way up on top of a hill. And their endowment, I think their endowment is $3 billion. Like, they're never going to close the doors. $3 billion, you know what you make on interest on that? Yeah, a lot. I mean, if you made if you made one per, 10% is, th- what, $300 million? I'm going to sound so dumb now. $300 million, 1% is $30 million a year that that place makes. So, you know, do the math that I just did. That's probably wrong. They're never going to shut their doors. And they have, like, unlimited art that they can put up. Anyway, Getty Oil. And they have a... You can't hear it, but that's the bell at my son's school. They probably just finished lunch. Oh, my God. I'm just like... Who did he eat lunch with? Is he having fun? Did, is he making friends? And then you can't like you can't dwell on it when he comes home. If if anyone out there has been through something like this, not from a parenting standpoint, but just like a personal standpoint, let me know. Like, I know he's I know he's gonna figure it out at some point. But you're just like still you're like is he just like sitting at lunch alone because he's afraid to like go up and ask kids to do anything? And then like he's obsessed with Star Wars, like watches Star Wars, reads it. I have the album. I put the album on in the morning. He has Lego Star Wars. Every book we get out of the library is Star Wars. And I'm like, if he's not hanging out with kids that know Star Wars, then what is he talking about? You know? And I'm like, so I'm not doing a good job. Anyway, I hear that bell go off and I'm like, I just hope he's having a good day. I don't even know what I was just talking about. Oh, museum coffee shops. 
or like restaurants. They're always like clean. Like gift shops at museums are awesome. They always have like cool artistic knickknacks. You want a cool knickknack? Come to the museum shop. That's what they have. Um, so anyway, the Getty Center, it's worth it to just go there, walk around, look at art. And here's the deal. If you're not like, you're like, I'm not into art, bro. I'm not either. You know what I mean? Like, I've never bought art. Actually, yeah, I have. But not expensive art, like cheap, like but cool stuff. And we hang it on the wall. And I appreciate the artists that, like, do work for, like, my albums, you know? like, And I love seeing their stuff. And anyway, I just ordered... Oh, I asked to order one. I didn't order. But I did order one that was Star Wars for my kids. I wonder why he's in the Star Wars, Jay, you dummy. Anyway, um, you just... Art really has an effect where if you look at it, like you change a little bit. Good, probably for the good, because someone put work into it, you know? So like, anyway, you go, you're quiet, you have thoughts, you look at art, and then you go have lunch at a cafe at a, at a museum, and it just feels good. It's just like, oh yeah, all right, life's a little different today. Well, I'm going to see the world a little different today. Anyway, that's something I like to do. People asked, I'm telling you. If you live outside or near Pittsburgh, there. Falling Water, Frank Lloyd Wright House. That's another thing I love to do that I got that from my mom. I don't know if I've said it before, but going on house tours is the coolest thing. Just like walk around a house that someone else made. God, it's the best. You get to see these like cool designs, why someone saw it the way they saw it. Like that's always a cool, cool thing. You know what I mean? Uh, Someone asked me, what my dream job would be if I didn't do comedy. I think we all have that. Do you guys have that? Like, do you look at stuff, whatever you're doing right now, wherever you are right now, if you're working or you're not working or you have a job or you had a job or you want a job. And it's for me, because I do a job that a lot of people kind of, some people think is a dream job. I'd love to be on uh, as a, a stand up, or I'd love to be on a TV show or a writer. I always thought that'd be a cool job. Yeah, it is. And my dream jobs, I used to always think, oh, I'd crush at this job and then I'd be able to have a second life doing another job, which maybe I'll still have that opportunity. But I don't know. You know, I don't know when. But um, my dream jobs are fireman, architect, restaurant owner. Those are the three. And the architect goes hand in hand with like... um, like building or designing something like that. Like it'd be really cool. Landscape architect too. I would love, I would love to learn that when you go to like an amazing garden. So I look at Zillow all the time at houses. And one thing they always say is like a uh, bucolic surroundings, B-U-C-O-L-I-C, bucolic. And I'm always like, I don't know what that word means, but I've gathered that it's like, uh, oh, it's uh, nice walls <laughs> or like fields laid out. Like when you see a yard, like if you had, here's the deal. It's just like the setup for the fantasy football. Okay. It's coming all around. You got the food there. You could just put it out and just put it in the bagels in a bag, the bagels in a bag with the cream cheese in the bag and figure it out. Or you could grab a cutting board, lay all the bagels out with a knife for cutting, put the cream cheese next to it. You don't even need to put the cream cheese in its own bowl, but you could with a knife. And people are like, oh, that's nice. My cheese board, people are like, cheese board looks great. I'm like, of course it does. I put work into it. It's a bucolic cheese board, bitch. Get what I'm saying? Like you have 
let's say you have two acres of land. If you wanted to make it bucolic, you'd be like, oh, let's put a stone wall in here, trim it, make a step down if you were able to, cut the grass, put a tree in here, build a little fountain. Bucolic, I don't know. I don't even know what it means. But uh, it's about, you know, just everything in life is about go one more step. Just do one more step. It's little tiny things. It's like when my wife is in the kitchen and she's, listen, if you open the the bag of ham, okay, and you got to rip that piece off, yeah, you could put it on the counter or... You could reach down underneath the sink and put it in the trash, which is literally a foot and a half away. Yes, when the recyclables, you have a box from Amazon and you got three cans that were soda waters and you put them in a box on the dryer. Sure, you could put them there or you could open the door, step out four steps and put them in the recycle bin. You could do that too. We think that the slightest I know slightest isn't a word, and it's not what I meant to say. The slightest little movement is going to take so much time. It doesn't. Six seconds. Have you ever, like, next time you put something in the microwave for a minute, put something in for a minute, and then go do something. You could go, you could set it for a minute, walk down to your bathroom, take the dryer, or, now let's say something that's mine. Take the towel and the hand cream, put the hand cream back, put the towel up, do my hair, rinse my hands, walk back to the kitchen, take the two things that I was using to do that and wipe them down and put them in the sink and then the thing would be ready. You could do that in a minute. And you're like, no way. A minute is a long time if you just do something. Now, I'm, yeah, we all want to relax. We'll relax later, not when this stuff out. I don't know why, but when we're done with breakfast every morning, I clean it off. I take everything away i put one placemat in the middle of the table and then usually we have a vase of flowers in the house because we like to have flowers in the house and then it's like the rest of the day you're looking at a beautiful table it just makes you feel better you want to do more when you make your bed it makes you like come into your room like yeah look at this clean room i got in the bathroom i built a cabinet okay there were shelves above our toilet and it's like you know everything you imagine it's backup soap it's shaving stuff it's hair dryers it's all that crap and I hated looking at it. it. It was gross to me. I'm like, this is the worst. Why am I looking at this stuff every day? So I built the door and then with a latch so you could shut it. And now it just looks like a clean door. So you can have a bunch of junk back there and never look at it. When you need it, you open, boom. Do you know how often my wife leaves it open? Why are you leaving it open? Do you not appreciate that I made the door? Did you not want the door? And maybe if you didn't want the door, just know that I wanted the door. So... It's not really hard to go like this and latch it. It literally takes three seconds, maybe. As little efforts, guys, is what I'm saying. You make little tiny efforts either with people or with things or with cleaning or with your life. You know, it's just little tiny things. It's waking up 15 minutes early to do to straighten up your house so that when everyone else gets up, everyone's like, oh, wow, clean house. This is awesome. Feels good. It's straightening pillows on a sofa. It's uh, saying hi to that person at school. It's being at work and being like, 
yeah, I could give them this presentation like this, or I could go get a folder from whatever and put it in a folder, label it, have a label printed out, do a couple things. Takes my assistant or whoever you work with or someone else on the team an extra 15 minutes. It looks better. I had a friend this morning. I got this friend, Owen Smith, hilarious comedian, very talented writer. He acts as well. He does a lot of cool stuff. He's got a lot of different stuff going on right now, and he's writing a lot of different projects. And I was like, dude, use me, bro. Use me. You want to run anything by? You want to practice pitch on me? You, anything, you know? Like, first of all, he doesn't need me. He's he's doing great. But I was like, I'm here. I'm around. You know, I'm like working on my own stuff. But it's like I always love being involved creatively with people. Text him this morning. Yo, man, you get, oh, last night, you around to chat tomorrow. I want to run some stuff. I'm like, yeah, of course. We talked for 30 minutes. Did he need to take 30 minutes to talk to me for his project? No. Is it maybe, did I offer any insight that's maybe going to make it better? Maybe. Not, not definitely. But just the idea that he's thinking, oh, I need to put more effort into this. Or no, doesn't need to. I'm going to put more effort into this. I'm going to cross-reference a couple of these thoughts with somebody else who I respect. What's up, Owen? And then that's going to, in turn, make it better. So instead of being like, I got to get this thing in by noon because it's due today, be like, no, I'll get it in by three and I'll take more time and then maybe I'll hit up someone else, you know, or be ahead of the curve or just like anytime you can put more effort in. <sighs> see if anyone hit me up. I just think it's the same thing. It's the same thing with cooking. For me, like, yeah, I like cooking for the kids. Man, I'll tell you right now. Uh, okay, so this is a question. I've always done what you're supposed to do, never what I wanted to do. I just turned 44. Now I'm in another dying industry as far as being replaced by computers. First it was Wall Street Stock Exchange. Now I'm at a New York Post Wall Street Journal production side. Newspapers are a thing of the past. Digital, digital, digital. So question, where are we going to work? Amazon is crushing brick and mortar. Supermarkets and fast food want you to check yourself out also my next career choice has to be for me tired of just taking the job that pays the bills and puts food on the table i don't know what job that is i'd like to hear your thoughts or at least hear. i respect your outlook on life what's up dude i like your style john um yeah man i think it's tough it's a really weird world. I feel like everything's going to even itself. I always tell people I think it's all going to die. I think technology is going to crush and fall out and we're going to need like don't we're always going to need carpenters. You know what I mean? We're always going to need builders. We're always going to need architects. Yeah, you could have a computer just design something but who's going to follow up on it, right? Um, somebody was saying that by the time they have self-driving cars because they're just saying it's inevitable, this guy was telling me that it's going to like all cross-country truck drivers are going to be gone. Cabbies, gone. Delivery guys, gone. Well, maybe not because they still got to get out of the car, I guess, to drop your Amazon package. So they say that all those things are going to be gone. And it's not just like the jobs are going to be gone for the drivers, but it's going to be like um, those cross-country rest stops where people get food. No one's going to be stopping at them now. And cabbies that are out there, you know, whatever. I don't know. So... Then they say, like, well, what are they going to do? Retrain all these, like, truck drivers? I think, I forget what the number is. Is something maybe like 3 million truck drivers or something? I don't know. 
like retrain them. Yeah, they've offered it, but like the the ability for people to get retrained in a field at later ages is like I think it's like a thirteen percent retention rate. Like they take it in and are, and are successful. It it was a low amount. That might be high, thirteen percent. So I don't know. Like I. It, 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 you look at me like everyone's saying like you gotta teach your kids computers it's all they're gonna do it's all anyone's gonna do it's computers and i hate that i'm like i don't want my kid like being buried in a computer for the rest of their life to have this job i just i just don't like it you know and i think there are going to be other ways you know like it's tough at 44 whatever you've been doing and now you're going to try and find a new job because you're getting pushed out there's blogging and stuff like that i don't know what you did for wall street journal but like yeah people that like printed newspapers and stuff like i sometimes buy magazines and then i like to stay environmentally conscious so i know it's like not great that's like it costs money it's not just the paper it's not just the printing but it's also like the shipping of it when you could just read it on a tablet and i'm like yeah it's a good point it, you know uh it's like an indulgence of mine i guess as an environmentalist which i'm not an environmentalist but i do do things that lend towards being environmentally uh, aware i guess <laughs> You ever like hate hearing yourself talk? That was one of those moments. Um, so I don't know what you do, man. I just think, I just think life is too cool and too beautiful to like live in fear. Now, when you have kids or a wife, or some people are supporting their parents at this point in their life, or you're a young kid, uh, you know, you you get scared. You're like, well, I need to work because I need the money. And I look at kids today and um, I hate the idea that they're going to think they have to like get into technology because that's all that's going to be around. You know, like if you don't know how to if you don't know how to program or code or whatever that you're not going to have a job like that scares me, Um, you know, because obviously I was someone who was like, well, I don't give a shit what you're supposed to do. Let me tell you guys something. I'm 43. I still have student loans. I still pay student loans. And that's because, one, they I, I'll, I'll, I'll just give you the number. I think when I graduated college, I had $22,000 in student loan debt. And as soon as I moved to L.A., I postponed those fucking bitches. And I postponed them. I postponed them for probably 13 years. And I think my student loans got like tripled. It was definitely over 40. But I was just like, eh, I, I can't pay them. I, I need my time and energy and I need my money because I'm pursuing comedy. Now, looking back, that was horseshit. I could have paid them. If you're out there and you have young kids, teach them about money and get them on plans. You should tell them right away when they graduate. Like that's if they're like, dad, I got a job making $60,000 a year. You should be like, no, you didn't. You got a job that pays you $45,000 a year. Cause that other 15 you're going to use for student loans and savings. Cause you're going to start saving right fucking now. Um, because you want to get those paid off, you know? Like I always say to my wife, I'm like, I'd like to get us in a financial position where like when if our kids, one, I don't want them to have to pay for college. I just I just don't want them to have to. I want to be able to pay. I don't know if, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'll be able to, but I hope that we can. And two, I would love to be able to like put money aside so that when they're like 27 or something and they're like, oh, I'm going to move to another city or, um, you know, they're living in LA in another place or wherever we live close by and they want their own place, whatever that we can say, Hey, tell you what, 
why don't we take some of the money you have and we'll put a down payment on something and buy it and then uh, you pay the mortgage and uh, or we you pay the mortgage to us and we pay it and then we can like you know I would love to be able to do something like that I don't know if I ever will but uh, I wish I had answers for you John I don't know it's I really think it's a it's a it's like a Every dollar you have right now, you should be thankful that you have. And every moment you have with people that you love, you should be thankful that you have. And I don't mean to be a downer, but I stood at that assembly outside my kid's school today and I was looking at this fence where like someone could come in. I'm like, what if a shooter came in here right now? What's your exits? Where are you going? Who are you grabbing? Are you just grabbing your kids and running? Or are you going to try and help other people? Are you going to get the kids out of the way and try and take the shooter out? Like, what are you going to do? I do it. I did it at the first preschool I ever looked at with my kids. I, I can't stop doing it when I'm with them. And then when I'm at school, I'm like, what if a fucking shooter went in their school right now? Is this a horrible thought process? Yeah, it is. Are there mass shootings happening all the time? All the time, dude. It's becoming this thing that we're just like, oh, yeah, it's just something. So when I, when like, it, try to take yourself out of your position of what your day is right now and think about you being one of those people in Odessa or San Antonio or anywhere there's been a crazy mass shooting, which all of them that are happening all the time nowadays, um, and just think, man, at least I'm lucky to have this job right now. So if I were you and I had a job that I thought was dying out, I would start looking at my savings, see how much I had. And if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just take a job to take a job, I would start thinking about what are the jobs I would... Like if I couldn't do comedy and writing and acting and podcasting, I would definitely get into the uh, food industry. I love restaurants, so I would either like get a job and try and manage a restaurant and learn as much about like the inside. I've worked in restaurants a lot and I think I could own my own spot and I think I could do a really good job. I would, uh, something I've been doing, I gotta, I gotta wrap this up, but this is something I've been doing. I've been trying to like sit down and meet with somebody once a week that knows more than I do in my business. So I would maybe think about what you were going to do next and start like once a week, meet someone for coffee at lunch or meet somebody for drinks at night or meet someone for lunch or meet someone for dinner. And it, it doesn't have to be like everyone in like, say you picked woodworking. It doesn't have to be everyone in woodworking. Find someone who's really smart that you know, who's really smart. This is what I did. This guy, he offered himself to me and he was so nice. And uh, he started like, he was like, you need to do this, 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 and this. Find out what they did, how they did it. And then start taking notes. Get Go get a notebook at CVS, a one subject, and then just Find a title that works for you. What am I going to do with my life? Or you could put something positive on it like this is what I'm going to do and start taking notes of things you want to remember because you're not losing your job tomorrow. Some of us might. You can always lose your job tomorrow. But start preparing. See how much money you have in the bank. How long can you go without working and before it's like an issue and start like exploring about other things. Sign up for a night class of something in the in the the world that you want to be in. If let's say it was restaurants, you you'd be surprised what people will want to help you. You could be in a restaurant and you you could be like, uh, excuse me, is the owner here? And they're like, yeah, he's over here. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm so and so. You know, I used to work at the uh, newspapers. First, I worked on Wall Street, then newspaper, and I just I'm fascinated with restaurants. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, could you uh, tell me? Would you mind telling me your story? They'll people want to talk. They want to share. <sighs> I've shared too much. I love you guys. I really do. I appreciate that you uh, sharing this with me each week. And I hope you're enjoying it too. And I hope like what I'm uh, putting out there to you, it's uh, things that you dig because I dig talking to you guys. And I appreciate you 
And I think that we all... What did we learn today, guys? All it takes is just a little. If we just do a little, it's going to make an impact somewhere. So, John, just do a little. Just do a budget or just make a list of jobs you'd want to do and then start researching them. I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you. I love you. I love you. Enjoy September. I didn't even tell you, but I love it to death. My daughter's birthday's coming up. I love September. I love the fall. I love the colors of leaves. Go walk in a field when the leaves are changing, wherever you are. They're changing even in California, guys. Go somewhere. Sit under a tree. Go sit under a tree and just be. Okay? Peace. Peace.